Tell y'all the blues ain't nothing. But life's ups and downs. And you better learn how to roll with the punches. I had to. Whether you still lost or whether you just been found. Hey ho, let's go. This is 102.3 WHIV. And you are, we are getting ready to start the Get Rap, Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Derry. Before we get started, let me remind you all that WHIV is a community radio station and we provide a platform for independent voices with your support. All WHIV hosts and DJs are volunteers. That means we do this for free, y'all means we need your support because this is the only radio station in New Orleans and I think actually in the deep south and possibly even around the country, maybe even around the world, that is solely dedicated to human rights, social justice, and has a very deep belief of pacifism. So please consider becoming a monthly member of WHIV by setting up a recurring donation of any amount that you wish. You can donate a dollar a month, and if you have means to do more, five, ten, fifteen, maybe our uh, our guest here today uh, will donate a thousand dollars a month. It's all tax deductible, so <laughs> all donations to WHIV are tax deductible. You can help our station by buying an, a WHIV T-shirt, a hoodie, mug, what have you. Please go to whivfm.org and click donate uh, or click store. Thank you so much for your continued support. We are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station. End all wars. And with that, we are going to get started with Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving with Doc Griggs and Dr. Derry. Doc Griggs is still on his way into the studio. But it is without question a pleasure and an honor to introduce our, our next guest, uh, somebody who I've had the pleasure to uh, get to know over the course of the last um, six months or so, and that's uh, Kevin Wilkins, who is the proprietor, the founder of the of Trepwise Consulting Services, and also uh, at one point, interestingly enough, was also running the, uh, or was you were involved with the, um, uh, the, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur week, entrepreneur right. week. And then you, uh, before you started, well, I mean, let's just go ahead and just jump right in. How are you, Kevin? Thank you so much for, uh, coming to WHIV. Uh, it's good to see you. Mark Allen. And before we get started, I wanted to kind of do a quick check in with you. Sure. Uh, so how are things, uh, on personal from one to five? <laughs> things are really good. I'll give it a solid four. You give it a four. Yeah. And professional, how are things going? I give it a five. You give it a five. Your health? Good. Five. G- five. And yeah. then any issues? I don't think so. No. My <laughs> issues are okay. I mean, we all have issues, right? But oh, my I'm issues the, I, are manageable. I am the king of having issues. I can assure you of that. Uh, when it comes to issues... I love that check-in model. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, let's start with that. 
<laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about you and uh, and and I, I I tease Kevin because uh, when uh, uh, you start consulting services with Kevin, uh, he usually every uh, session starts with what I just did with him, which is kind of going over uh, the uh, a various uh, set of, of of issues that are happening, particularly in your life. So how did that first come about for you? So um, we do a lot of executive coaching. Right. So Trepwise is a consulting company for... Yeah, Trepwise is a growth consulting organization. Uh, We help power organizations to maximize their potential. And as part of that, we focus on three key areas. We focus on people, we focus on planning, and we focus on process. So when I say people, it's both people collectively in an organization. How do they work together? How do they function? What is their culture? I mean, it's also individually. How does each person maximize their own potential? And in order to achieve that, we provide a lot of executive coaching sessions. Right. And uh, and with every executive coaching session, uh, we have a very holistic view. Right. So that's why we start every session with... What we call a check-in, right. which is kind of uh, allows the um, the client to give us a perspective in that moment of how things are in their life, right. how are things personally, how are things professionally, um, how is their general mood, and how is their health. Right, and then you use that as a launching board, and we use that as a launching board for the discussion because right. all elements influence how anyone shows up. Right. So oftentimes, when you're in the workspace, you only view that person with a work lens, right? right? And oftentimes people forget, oh, they have a personal life and maybe their child is sick or maybe they got into a fight with their spouse and that might impact how they show up on any given day. So understanding that holistic um, perspective is very helpful in terms of being able to support the people appropriately. Right. And then uh, Doc Griggs has uh, come in. Doc, uh, we're going to do a quick uh, check in with you. (laughs) Personal. Personal. So, so what's what's going to happen, Kevin? It's, he's going to start because he thinks that I'm down, and you're about to see, you're about to witness this verbal abuse. So I love the, I love the fact I've worked go. with both of you individually, and now, <laughs> now I've never I've never <laughs> seen oh, the never collective. Seen, no. <laughs> get your popcorn. <laughs> How's the so the personal is obviously not going well? How's, how's professional? professional? <laughs> You're killing it, professional. Okay, all right, he's professionally. Any yeah, issues? So I just uh, no. I just the reason I was running late is because I just finished a meeting. So I got one, two, three, three more pharmacists on board uh, nice. for this whole thing. This for the Doc Griggs Foundation. Doc Griggs Foundation thing. It's gotten. Uh, and Kevin can speak to it. It's gotten exponentially bigger. Um, uh, we'll say mm-hmm. welcome, hello, good morning, y'all. Uh, <laughs> get checked, get fit, get moving is what we do. Uh, I've been working on that piece. Uh, I met Kevin last year uh, as I went through the Propeller program. He was my coach. And what you don't know is that everything that I, everything you're seeing right now was in my head, like for years in my head. And every time he talks about the sessions. Man, he's been, we've been together through some, it's been a trying year. The last 12 months has been crazy. Like, been a lot. So the sessions would start with me just like, just unloading and him helping to tease out and compartmentalize everything to be able to put things places, like even emotionally, so it doesn't get in the way of the business. Because apparently there's a bigger calling that I'm noticing that I had that I didn't necessarily realize because I was too caught in the weeds of things. And as we've teased these things out, Things get are starting to get really. I'll say exponentially bigger and exciting. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I'll say exciting. So this is yeah. the the radio. He gets to participate in the radio portion of both of what we do, 
and the did he tell you about when he peed on a snake's foot? Oh, would you? No, seriously. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't crates. believe he has. No, no, no. <laughs> he, for, he he rode up a river on the back of an elephant. And Man, I told this man this story once. And then he <laughs> went outside is... and he peed on a snake's foot, and a snake was cool. He said, "Hey, by man, mis- by mistake or no, intentional?" He don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> He said the snake looked at him, hey, man, hey, watch it. And hey, yeah, watch what, what, it. What, what, they gave each other a pound, what, what, and they went on their way. What Griggs is not telling what, you is what, that. What is, color was the snake? What Griggs was what telling you. What color was the snake? Well, it was probably the color of my eyes at that point, which it was, was yellow, yellow when you finished with it, right? Right. It was, uh, <laughs> I actually had... I actually had malaria, and great. I was stuck out in the jungle in rural Thailand uh, on the border of Burma. Okay, and so this was I was in my early twenties. It was a Burmese elephant that he rode up the river, and, and he uh, went outside and he peed on Gr- a snake's Griggs foot. Is wow. still so. Uh, I didn't know that. snakes had feet. They yeah. don't. That's, oh, okay. a, that's the whole he thing. Fought, of, that's he, the whole he, thing about he, snakes. He, he oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a liberal arts guy. I'm not a science guy. You should should hear the conversation there. Tell them about the conversation I had. Um, I will tell you about the conversation. So the uh, the right before... The elephant's in the room right there. Right. This is the first show that we actually have had uh, before we left for Mardi Gras. Okay. And and while we were uh, having our show, we um, did a couple things about Mardi Gras that were important. And and we talked about some of these other things. One of the things that we talked about was was safety uh, in Mardi Gras and the importance of safety in Mardi Gras. And then three days later, I was actually with Doc Griggs when he got beamed in the face uh, with oh, a bag man. of beads with uh, oh, with wow, a chip right. tooth. So uh, from here on out, we've actually taken to calling Dr. Griggs Chippy. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and now uh, he whistles when he talks a little uh, bit. Yeah, so he, that, that's a great try. <laughs> so my wife wears a big rimmed hat Yep. At every single parade, so she can put her head down because okay. she doesn't want to get randomly no, smacked got, by these literally beats, got beat. Right? And see, right. the thing is, that when you when you're in the stands, uh, people can be malicious. And I've been there it's before. It's really bad. They really been there before with uh, the mayor before she was mayor, and I've seen them actually take aim. So I was talking to oh, the mayor, kidding. and I did this, and she turned her head, and I leaned up, and I turned, and Mark Allen was standing right. Doc was right, right there. Bam. And right, right in the like, face. Yeah. Like Shaquille O'Neal punched me in the face, and I was mad all of a sudden at nobody. Right, right. <laughs> and I felt my tooth, and I oh, literally, man. I had to go to the bathroom to get myself together because my nose. I'm like, do you see this? Do you see this? So immediately, <laughs> being the doctor and yeah, al- sure. all altruism, the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. He laughed at me and started, <laughs> <laughs> dude, how's your tooth? <laughs> how's oh, that snake? How'd I- <laughs> anyway, all that being said, let's let's get back. This, this is Kevin's hour, dude. Yeah, it's right? Kevin's hour. Right? Like, just, we Kevin well, is like, enjoying uh, this immensely. We are. Saying, bro, you started? You started? <laughs> we will finish it. You know what's funny is? So he sent me to, I went to the bathroom to make sure there were no snakes in there before Mark. I went right. to the bathroom. All right, Chippy. You know, yeah, yeah, all right, we're we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Kevin. Elephant. Kevin, so uh, getting back to uh, you your about or- more about me. your organization. That's yeah, right. Right, right. You put Griggs and I in a room together. Yeah, it'll just be about go. us immediately. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, 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 you're giving me great content for my next meetings with y'all. Mark Allen needs a depend. Right. Well, he <laughs> does not need to go to the zoo. <laughs> well, see, the, the, the way that Griggs, I, I'm, I'm afraid that Griggs's meetings may last like five hours. They may be like, <laughs> no, no, no. We stop. We stop. We stop. No, we we're stop. Good. We've we're gotten good. better. We, and we stop on the I mean, dime. No, no. It's, we're really good. I called that one. Yeah. No, no, no. Lot, we're getting a lot done. But there was a lot. I mean, I'm t- they do a great job. Uh, he and his team do a great job. Really. 
focusing uh, and allowing you to, like you said, first to basically vent and get it all. Uh, and then what I've noticed is he'll change the focus of the whole meeting to deal with what's most pressing. Even if it's personal, he brings it back to professional. Um, and we talk about holistic health. Uh, you talk about workplace wellness. You talk about stress. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into that's today. What the whole, Absolutely. That's the whole thing. So more Absolutely. information about Trepwise can be found at trepwise.com. And again, just to kind of review what they do, their mission is to power organizations to maximize their potential. The vision of Trepwise is uh, thriving communities uh, where good ideas spread. And values are agility, innovation, community, authenticity, and rigor. I know that you, Kevin, are from the Northeast. I am. And yeah. you ended up in the South... So I married a woman who is from New Orleans. Okay. Right? That'll do so it. Get you that'll do it. I met her in college 30-some years ago, and we spent most of our married life in Boston. But in 2010, we decided to move back to New Orleans to be part of the resurgence of the city. Right. And New Orleans girl will always come back home. Like New Orleans girl will Every always come back time. home. Just took us 28 years yeah. to do right. that. But we, Did you guys come and there. visit the city regularly before? All the time. Or? We uh-huh. were down in New Orleans maybe three times a year. Um, and the insight was always the same. Uh, we missed her family tremendously. She was the only person in her family that did not live in the greater New Orleans area. Um, but we didn't think there was anything for us to do. Right. Like there wasn't, given our career Prior paths, to Katrina. Prior to Katrina. Right. Absolutely. In a post-Katrina world, we were seeing a different city, a reimagined city. A right. city that was so welcoming and so open to new ideas and new approaches and new people. So did it take the disaster for that to happen or do you think that would have happened in new orleans had katrina not occurred it's hard to predict um certainly maybe the, not, the, the storm maybe kind not, of accelerated maybe the, not to the acceleration i was going to say that right. absolutely i think there i think the storm out of horror you know came some good in terms of the ability to really reimagine and recommit right my mother-in-law at the time she's 89 and going strong um, at the mm-hmm. time she was she's gonna love the fact that i told that on air um <laughs> hi mother-in-law hi. Hi. You're, you're welcome here to happy birthday was in, yeah. so she was when you turn 90 we'd love to <laughs> celebrate with you Boom, <laughs> She's incredible. I mean, incredible. But in our upper 70s when it all happened, and we said, listen, just move to Boston. We're right. living in Boston. Just get a condo here, and it's time to move near us. Right. And she looked at us, and she said, darling, that's my home. I'm going back, and I'm going to rebuild. 78 years old. Right. I'm going back, and I'm going to rebuild. And I think that mindset, that, that galvanized everyone, you know, across all sectors and segments of, the, of society, um, I think served as the real catalyst for the changes that we're seeing. Would the changes have happened? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Not nearly at this pace. Right. If you're tuning in, you're listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Derry. I'm Doc. Dairy, that's Doc Griggs, and we have with us uh, Kevin Wilkins, who is the CEO uh, of <laughs> Trepwise, which is a consulting company. Uh, and you can find more information about Trepwise at trepwise.com. Uh, so, uh, when you came back, when you came to move to New Orleans, you were you said that you were part of the resurgence. What what have you seen in the growth of this city in the past nine years? Gosh, it's interesting. The city continues to evolve. Um, <clears throat> I think. There was a lot of money that was poured into the city post-Katrina, um, and I think that's, that was served a great purpose in, serve, in terms of establishing new nonprofits, helping nonprofits to really grow and accelerate, to really make a difference. There's also a lot of money put into entrepreneurship in the city with a lot of the incubators that are in place. Um, so I think both in the for-profit and the nonprofit space, 
um, I've seen a lot of evolution. Like early on when I first got here, there was a lot of talk about entrepreneurship and Nuance Entrepreneur Week was still earlier in its, in its, in its more infancy. Um, and there was a lot of activity, but it was early, right? Um, and I don't think the world was viewing New Orleans as that entrepreneurial hub per se, but New Orleans viewed it as what the potential could be. And I think nine years later, you look at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, which will be happening later this month. You see the types of organizations that are involved. You see uh, some of the success stories coming from New Orleans. Um, and it's much more established, you know. There's still maturity needed, like as it continues to, as the city continues to grow and evolve. Um, and, the, and different segments continue to mature. Uh, but it's absolutely, it's no longer early. It's definitely at a, at a more established situation. So I want to give you perspective on that. So I've been here 27 years, um, and I never, I don't know if we've ever, I never talk about my Katrina experience. Anyone that was here never talks about their Katrina experience. And there's things that I have in a place in a box that will always be there, and I will never access it, access it. But um, what you're witnessing and my, my, my next question after this would be what in your nine years, what have you seen to be the keys to sustainability? Um, there was no more, I talk about our mayor. There was no more vulnerable feeling, um, than, than during the storm and right after, uh, what you're seeing, the spirit that you're seeing for the people, especially that have been here and really never left. I left for two, three weeks and then I came back mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm, I gotta be in my house. No lights, no electricity, no water, no nothing, but I'm going to my house. Um, mm -hmm. Home is home. Yep. And once, like you were saying, a New Orleans girl always comes home. Home is really where your heart is, and your heart isn't necessarily the heart in your body, where your mind is. Uh, we were written off. Uh, there's no feeling in the world that right. I can explain um, <clears throat> when nothing. You, there's no one to call for help. Yeah, even if your phone, there's no cell phone service. Um, you can't call the police. There were, you talk about running out the animals. If you saw a snake on the ground or a rat or anything, you know, they weren't concerned with you. Everyone was trying to survive. And then afterwards, the, this city was dead. Uh, there was a smell. There was a silt. It was a brownish black silt and a smell that stayed on the city. There were no kids. Uh, everyone was brokenhearted until you saw someone else. And we we're like, you know, it's a bootstrap. If we didn't have the bootstrap mentality because we didn't know it, we got it then. Right. We're going to pick it up. You know what? I'm finished with my house. I'm going to help you with your house. Hey, what do you have? It reminded me very much of the experience that I had uh, in Cuba, finding out about the evolution of their community and their medical system. When the special uh, period, when the Soviet Union pulled out, all they had was each other and people were dropping like flies. Hey, do you know how to make tea? Yes. Well, do you have water at your house? Yes. Do you have the, what do you have at yours? And, and help. It, it was the exact same thing. So the entrepreneurial spirit, kind of came from the fact that, listen, we have to be responsible for ourselves. If I, my friend Chill, Mr. Chill, I told you about it, he had the, he's my age, had the three-vessel bypass. He was cutting hair with a, a generator on Claiborne Avenue at a gas station. And that was the best haircut I'd ever gotten in my life because it was the closest sense of normalcy. I think he was charging 10 bucks or 20 bucks. didn't matter. You just paid him to do it. My friends over at Theo's Pizza, um, yeah, right. we – I got into mold remediation because people were getting ripped off. So I went to the class. We cleaned up their restaurant. I sat outside with a pizza and just a pitcher of beer and started doing this to people as they were driving down the street. Next thing I know, I was helping to wait tables because it got so full. Clinging on to normalcy, going, getting back to 
recreating the home that we knew it to be and realizing that no one's going to take care of us but ourselves. I was doing a fellowship, a research fellowship in child psychiatry at LSU. And a doctor without patients is just a dude without a job, right? If there's no city, there's no patients, there's no anything. So that's the whole entrepreneur. Well, I got to figure out a way to feed myself. I got a group of guys. We started gutting houses. If you couldn't pay us, then we took whatever. Hey, can we, do you have some water? We'll do that. And it's, that's where it started from. Um, and companies, people like yourself coming in to help guide us, um, realizing that no one will hire you. No one in the end, at the end of the day, no one is responsible for you and yours, except for you and yours. How can we sustain ourselves and what do we need to do it? So I have a lot of friends that started businesses. Some people, they, they couldn't, they didn't have a place to do the first part you're saying. Look, how are you personally? They walk in and they just try to do this business, but they weren't prepared emotionally to 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 to, to vent and unwind in order to sustain the idea that they had to take care of themselves. So a lot of them moved away. Um, I have some friends that have actually passed away uh, from stress. Younger friends, um, but that whole spirit. The I talk about the mayor. They told us I live in Broadmoor. They told us they were going to wipe out our entire right, neighborhood. Right. That's a twelve mile radius. They, Broadmoor was founded because they drained a twelve mile diameter lake. Right. Um, to, to create Broadmoor. They were going to make it a green dot. And Latoya was like, no. We're like, no. Well, what are we going to do about it? I don't know, but we're going to do something. And we got the front lawn on Napoleon, and she rallied, and we rallied, and here we are, and, and now, here we stand. Yeah, nine, nine years, or <laughs> 14 years later, she's the mayor. She's the mayor. <laughs> right. and, but, and Broadmoor is standing, and right, the city and is, is still intact. <laughs> and, still and, there, and we're leading the way, and we're realizing, and that if you go to the crux of what it is that Mark Allen and I are trying to do, is... We're taking on these. He wants a zero HIV transmission transmission rate. We'll get there. I want the community to take care of themselves. It's going to happen. And it starts with the community. It starts with non-traditional things like this. Randomly meeting. Mark Allen had this wonderful space for me since last February. And I thought this dude was trying to get me to come to a museum. (laughs) Running into people and feeling the spirit and knowing that no matter what. We're going to do this work. Yep. We just need a place to let it go and someone to tell us how, because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to kill ourselves in the process. And trying to make the community healthy, we don't want to kill ourselves and be peeing on snake's foot right. um, and riding elephants. But, but, but seriously, it, it's, getting, it, it's getting business. Getting hit in the face yeah, with a bag go. of beads. Whatever. <laughs> Did you hit me? Should be. No, no. I'm standing right with you, <laughs> But buddy. having a place. So, so my, my question is, so what you're seeing, what you saw when you came down, was the result. And like you said, it's not early anymore. Um, t- a lot of people are taking a lot of getting beat up, but we're here because we're not going anywhere. Um, right. And we, we're figuring out ways to take care of ourselves. The whole point of the community medicine and the stuff that we're doing now with education is teaching people if ever, anything ever happens again, you have what you need. Whether you can, you might not be able to get your medications, you might not be able to get condoms. But you know how to protect yourself mm-hmm. because we're giving you the education. We're giving you the opportunity and we're empowering you. And it's all of this is about empowering the community. The same business, believe it or not, you're in the same business we are. Yeah. You're empowering us to do what, what it is that we right. do by, Teaching the by connecting. Right. So you kind of got on a train that's moving. And that's why you see it's not, it, it's not, it, it's not early anymore. Like right. we, we, we weathered a lot. The most helpless feeling in the world is feeling alone. When your cell mm-hmm. phone won't work. You can't call anyone to come get you, and you're like, <sighs> okay. And you don't see anybody in a four-block radius? You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it, it, it changes you. Right. It changes you. Did and you- that's why our vision was so 
intentional thriving communities where good ideas spread yeah. right there are so many good ideas in new orleans within organizations across organizations within a community if we can help those organizations like you all you both have incredible ideas right yeah. so how can we help you all take that idea and maximize it and have it spread to make an impact in the community that's why i started the company how can we make a difference in new orleans and help others to make a difference that they want to make what do you – did you have a question? Because I was going to maybe slightly turn the conversation a little bit. what that is down there. What's that? Snake. What do you say to people who are, say <laughs> that they um, – you know, you, you, Kevin, came to New Orleans at, in, in 2010. Mm-hmm. And you were part of the kind of the resurgence of, of New Orleans. What do you say to people who, you know, adamantly demand or want the city to remain as it once was? I mean, obviously, you know, cities evolve, things change, cultures mm-hmm. evolve over time. But there are these, there are those that kind of demand or insist that communities don't change. I, you know, I, I used to rail on about the gentrification of my neighborhood until somebody very cleverly pointed out that I was the gentrification of my neighborhood. Sure. And, and, and so it's not easy to, to point a finger. It's not as black and white as to look at something else and say, well, you're part of the problem. No pun intended. Right. So right. what do you, how do you, how do you, I mean, how do you look at something like that or respond to something like that? I mean, it's a, com- it's a complicated question. I think that, um, I mean, gentrification is an interesting byproduct of what success is happening right now in new orleans um i think when you when you you hear someone i want i don't want things to change i don't hear that very often to be honest with you i think there are elements that the the city really wants to preserve so i often say that the, the cultural economy here is so rich um this mardi gras tradition you know everywhere else last week it was tuesday Right here, it's Mardi Gras, yeah, and it takes over, it. and it takes over your your life for a moment. For some people, it takes over their life for large moments. For others, smaller moments. But everyone plugs into the cultural assets. So I think the the balance really is: how do you continue to grow and to innovate and to be on the cutting edge in different arenas as a city? While still maintaining what makes New Orleans New Orleans, what makes New Orleans that that special place that people love to come to, so maintaining the cultural aspects, I think, are really really important. Yeah, and I I think that that is incredibly important as well. And I think this gets back to what Doc Riggs was saying a second ago, and and that is that as the city is growing, I think that there also needs to be an element that kind of looks at the uh, the the parts of of New Orleans, and in, in this case, the cultural barrows, let's say. And 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 make sure that they're part of that growth. They're part of the growth as well. As well. Absolutely, and that there's a, a f- that there's <clears throat> equity in, in terms of growth, and and yep. if there's an economic development that is happening, and if there's economic richness that is occurring in the community in New Orleans as a whole, uh, that that all individuals are able to partake in that and how do economic we growth address and address that disparity. right. And and I think that's an important thing because what what Eric was talking about a moment ago, and I and I was going to jokingly ask, but I, I didn't want to interrupt because I thought that. It was uh, it was a, a heartfelt uh, sentiment there, Eric. Which was, did you know when you were coming from from Boston that you were coming into something as heartfelt as what Eric just described uh, a moment ago? I mean, with that level, I mean, did you feel that that that? I saw it with my wife's family, um, but that's one lens, right? I um, I knew that there was a real commitment to New Orleans. I knew there was that we are going to rebuild. But my mother-in-law said to me, seemed to be a universal feeling of sorts. What we rebuild, how we rebuild, that's all up for discussion. And so we knew we knew about that element. 
often say visiting New Orleans and living in New Orleans is two very different concepts. Well, yeah, my, my so when you live here and when we moved here, you really get immersed and you begin to understand like what are the issues that the city is really wrestling with. So, so the, the the lens with that, let me be, let me paint, let me really paint a clear picture. I'm originally from Winston Salem, North Carolina. So when the storm happened, I'm the only one that moved away in my entire family. Okay. So when the storm happened, I had a job. I had two and very, very, very large houses that were offered to me. Um, a year, two years. Ba- in Back in Salem. At home. Uh-huh. I had two jobs offered to me. Uh, I stayed with my family for a few days, and I was like, I got to go back home. And they were like, what do you mean you're home? I'm like, I got to go back home. You don't have a job down there. I don't care. I'm going back. And... Uh, well, how are you getting back? I'm driving back. What it, well, whatever you, th- I'm going back to New Orleans, what, but there's no light. I don't care. I want to go back home because mm-hmm. this, there's something about this place. New Orleans is, I'm originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I love it. That's where I am, but I'm, a, I'm New Orleanian. I'm, I'm from here. Um, there's, a, it, there's a draw, and there's something about someone telling that you, that you can't or that you won't or that right. it's it, in, in, you know, the, the, in every tragedy, there's opportunity for regrowth That's and right. resurgence. Right. And it's not at the expense, necessarily at the expense of anyone else. It's just an opportunity to start over and build um, and to be a part of something. Uh, I, I, can't ex- I wish I could describe to you the feeling of the, the first Saints game back in the Dome when we beat the Falcons. And we were out, outside in the streets, literally downtown, jumping up and down and crying. Don't know what it why, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we cried because right. it was just we're it, it 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 gave infused life into us. So what you're seeing again is you're seeing life now, Kevin. You do know this that from spirit, the spirit, and you don't want to ever lose that spirit. And it, it, it you can't. It, it's like you can't. Like I'm going to do this uh, in our sessions. Uh, I'm a doer. Like if we need to get out of here, you you might sit around and think about a process. By the time you've done that, I've kicked that door. A window open we're outside and i've broken all the rules we're not supposed to do that well we're about to later we get out of here <laughs> i mean but that's a it's a new orleanian spirit if there's a problem we solve it now it might not be go through all the proper channels to do it which is why companies like yours exist to show us there are proper channels you can do this sure to make sure and look you can fix here's a guy that can fix the window you kicked in <laughs> and we'll just <laughs> that happened <laughs> and we'll, right. <laughs> move, right. my bad but you should have told me right right but um it's, it's what a lot of what you see. And I'm wondering if it just outside of Mark Allen and myself, do you see this with your other, other businesses that are, have started by people that live here? Like, are you seeing that same spirit? Oh, absolutely. Through? There's no way you're going to stop him. New Orleans is not lacking in passion. And what's interesting is it's, we work in the public space. We work in the nonprofit space and we work in the for-profit space and across all the segments is a commonality. I mean, people are passionate. They love, they believe in their ideas. They want to make that impact. Um, across the board. So I see that I see that every single day, which is what's so motivating, right? To be able to help organizations grow, to make their good ideas spread, right? Um, to be able to do that every day is really beneficial. And, and do you see that different? I mean, is the culture, I mean, doing what you do now, uh, which is uh, 
kind of professional coaching, if you will, uh, and uh, down in in New Orleans, and then having done you know uh, that for decades in Boston, uh, and having experienced the the culture in in the Northeast, is there a difference in that? I mean, I'm sure passion is passion. Of course, great ideas come. You know, we're we're a globe full of great ideas. Mm-hmm. But it, what is different that you have noted between uh, folks uh, and and the passion behind their ideas in the South versus the in New Orleans specifically? or that or is there no difference because you're kind of looking I think at it anyway. reflects maturity of city perhaps and maturity okay. of economy so boston's that's very really ma- fascinating boston's a very mature sure. city been mm-hmm. around hundreds of years it never has never had a cataclysmic event pause it right, right? reframe it right it's just been consistently been plodding along for plodding hundreds, along years, for right? hundreds of years right. since paul revere right right um or the mayflower uh, and people talk about the Mayflower <laughs> a whole right, lot yeah, of Boston. No, I know. Yeah. Um, do they really? Oh, yeah. yeah they do. Dude, they talk <laughs> about big, that. Dude, there's, like, pl- there's Plymouth families. Like, <laughs> oh, there's, no, no, totally. There's, it's a big no, no, deal. Pl- it's yeah. a big deal. Dude, yeah. if you come from serious? like, oh, yeah, yeah dude, yeah. yeah. I lived it. I went to medical school up there, dude. They talk about that <laughs> stuff. Family? Yeah, right. there's like, yeah, these are people that like whose families landed on Plymouth Rock. Wow. And, oh, dude, it's it's a thing. I'm like, I, I, in the back of my head, I'm like, I wouldn't be so proud of that. But, you know, that's my and, and think about a moment when a city, you can rally everyone in the city around a common goal. How often does that really happen in society? Okay, Where everyone, everyone so like in the, a space. So like the Red Sox, you're saying, for example. So maybe. the Red Sox, yes, people That's love the Red easy. Sox. I mean, so there's athletic analogies perhaps, but um, bigger than that. Yeah. I mean, bigger than that. The, yeah. Saints, the Saints were such a symbol of what. In New Orleans, what, yes, right, of, of what, course. Of what the city could do. Right. And what the potential the city had. Yeah. So, but I think that New Orleans makes it so special because you had this moment and still today where the city is rallied around the success of New Orleans. Yes. And how can we rebuild New Orleans in a way, to your point earlier, that benefits everyone. Right. And at the same time allows the city to continue pro- to progress and to grow. That, yeah, so I mean that's a very fascinating, I, I, you know, and, and that's the insight that I, I I was looking for, and 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 you're right. I, I would imagine that uh, something like Katrina, and then that dedication uh, of rebuilding the the city, mm-hmm. and then you add on top of that uh, things like the Saints. You punctuate it with the amazing culture, both music, food, uh, arts, uh, and then Mardi Gras that we have. Uh, I, I I would imagine just makes for so, an interesting economy. Point, you're talking about the culture here is really. Really like as I think about it, it's a it's really like a non-native thing. Like you don't really think about the culture. Like when you're in Boston, no one thinks about the culture of Boston unless really, you come no. there and you notice it. Like it's it's something. It's not anything you take for granted. It's 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 just is. It's, it's the milieu just, that you live in. Yeah, it's it's right. It's just it the norm. Right. Second line Sunday. Uh, the Indians uh, Super, Super Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going out on the porch and they'd be in the second line. You just take off walking down the street and stopping them. That's the way you grew up. Uh, we're going to parades. And, you know, my wife even said, she was like, you know, Bay, I just came out there to see you. I, I've done my share of parades. Okay? Believe me. I've done <laughs> right, right. It's not a big deal to me. Right. But it's so making the cultural observations are from a different. It, it, it's a it's a different perspective. Because mm-hmm. you don't, and after a while, it gets when you're here long enough, you're like, yeah, it's you say everywhere else is Tuesday. It, it, it'll never be Tuesday. will never be the same again for me in my life. Right. I never want it to be. Right. I get mad when people call wanting to do business. Don't you know I'm on a float right, right now, man? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Hello, you see this? <laughs> I also think we're living in a different time. It's interesting. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. I don't really hear much about Katrina anymore. 
like when I first moved here, Katrina was still everyone had a Katrina story, right. and it's five years out. Benchmark. It, it was, was five years out. Five years out. Yeah, right. it was still. It, What's interesting now is happen. what I see instead is the new mindset, perhaps that came from the storm. Right. The idea of we can do things differently. Let's challenge the system. Yeah. I think New Orleans used to be more about like this is what the way it is. You know, the system is what the system is. It's always been this way. Yeah, the schools aren't, public schools aren't really good, but you know, we know we'll, we'll continue to try. Um, versus this new mindset around innovation, around doing things differently. It's okay to challenge, it's okay to test, it's okay right. to fail. Right. Right. Agreed. I think um, a lot of organizations have bred that around the city, which has really allowed, which I think has really kind of begun to permeate the oxygen of the city. Yeah. If you're tuning in, you are listening to 12.3 WHIV. This is Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Derry. I'm Dr. Derry. That's Doc Griggs. Today we have on Kevin Wilkins, who is the CEO and founder of Trepwise, which is a consulting firm that powers organizations to maximize their potential. Uh, you can find more information about Trepwise at trepwise.com. I was really struck by the articles uh, in the papers uh, this Mardi Gras season, and uh, especially from some of the journalists that aren't from New Orleans. And I'm thinking in, in NOLA.com, I'm thinking of a couple of folks that were, you know, of course, the the Zulu uh, issue regarding uh, the Zulu traditions, uh, and notwithstanding that, we can set that aside. Uh, but the other uh, conversation was how some of the Mardi Gras traditions need to change uh, to kind of catch up with w- the new population that is in New Orleans and in particular this was a uh, it was a female uh, writer and she was writing particularly about the Mardi Gras traditions as it relates to women in in Mardi Gras and you know for example when you look at and the example that she used prominently was when you look at the previous uh, Rex queens they're all very, very, very young. And, and if you look at a lot of the women that are involved in the, the Mardi Gras royalty uh, in, in a large part of the parades, they tend to be very, very young. And they, they're considered at their prime at 19, 20, 21. Said, whereas, she said that? Yeah, whereas you look at the patriarchs or the, the male royalty, uh, especially when you look at something like Rex, they tend to be in the kind of you know deep in the – the grandfatherly sort of ages yeah, right. in the mid sixties right. or so. And, and I had not thought about that. I, I've been, I'd moved to New Orleans in, in, in the, in the summer of 2005, just a couple of weeks before Katrina. So I consider myself a post Katrina yeah, person, right. uh, but I was here long enough to have never really thought about it like that. I needed some of those outside eyes to actually look at that mm-hmm. and, and help me understand that, even though I've only been here for a short 14 or 15 years, still, you know, so I, I'm mentioning this just as, as kind of what you were talking about, how things need to change. And, and, and that was a voice, uh, and it was a prominent voice. It was a prominent female journalist that said, hey, New Orleans, we love you, but there's a bunch of new folks that are in the community, and, and some of these traditions are going to need to change if we're going to see Mardi Gras to continue uh, so I, to exist. So I think, um, I mean, that's an interesting perspective. I actually did not see the articles. I was too busy chasing teenagers around my children um, sure. to make sure everything was okay. Yeah, but, let's be clear. We're talking about your children, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, I've got teenagers during Mardi Gras. You haven't lived. I'm sure all the parents out, all the parents out there know that you've got teenagers during Mardi Gras, right? Where are you going? <laughs> What thank, is that? Thank What's God, that smell? Thank God for find my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can track them. They each have their own GPS. <laughs> don't tell them, right? Yeah. Right. Um, 
So there are certain there are certain parades and there are certain crews that have been around a very very long time, and we can point to the Rex and the King of Mardi Gras and all right. that, which again is one of those cultural assets of the city. Um, I think the cha- and I'm not sure that will change. I'm not sure that should change. It is yeah, a kind of a culture. That's it's a, a cultural it's an observation asset that right. has a r- very rich history to it. Um, but I'm sure from an outsider's perspective, perhaps not understanding that history, it may look perplexing. But nevertheless, it has a rich history to it. I think how Mardi Gras has changed, though, is with the addition of all these new crews and all these new troops mm-hmm. and all these new dances that, that are out there. So you've got women in muses and you've got women in nicks and it's all about empowerment and you know doing, having fun and enjoying Mardi Gras, but also you know being empowered and being leaders in the city. So there are other ways for new people in New Orleans to plug in to Mardi Gras in a very healthy and very fulfilling way. Yeah. You can find a crew out there that is aligned with your values because yep, there, there are so many of them right now. I think historically, and I don't, I'm not a historian of Mardi right. Gras by any means, but I, from what I've told, I think historically it was fewer. There weren't quite as many crews. Right. And There's maybe, more of an opportunity and maybe to maybe people felt a little now. bit more left right. out. Well, right? they were all neighborhood. The, right. All the floats I've ridden, man, I can't tell you how many. Uh, Druids, <clears throat> Endemian, Zulu, Bacchus, uh, the crew of Ferret, I've participated in all levels. And, and then my daughter was a, she marched in the band. Of, but the bands many, are incredible, <laughs> right? <laughs> Amazing. Right, right. Yeah. But it, it, it was, it was more a, a neighborhood thing. Like, and Demian started in the neighborhood. Zulu, you would have to go find it in the neighborhood. Oh, that's all the, interesting. The I, didn't, I didn't know that. So. The neighborhood started the, the, the floats and the crews. Um, there's a large history to all of them. So to go back and say you need to change the way that you've been doing things, eh, I don't know. Well, if that's, it wasn't that's, so much, no, no, but it wasn't so much, there was no, like, you need to change. It was more of, hey, I'm an outsider. Let me let me show you what this looks like from so, outside eyes. I mean, it was a very well-written well written piece well written that was, and it was just, as, it was just as, a holding a mirror up, that's yeah, all. And, and that's fine. <laughs> it, and, and holding a mirror, and that's, but that's been done for years. Um, that's not new. Uh, that observation has been, since I've been here, people have been making those same observations, and it's great. But what, to Kevin's point, what's happened is rather than uh, just make the observation, they've created opportunities for people that have issues with things to join in and right. create your own lane, create your own voice. Your own this lane, is what right. is, right. and here's an opportunity for you to be a part of something new. But it's, 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 it, it, it goes back to... It would be like it's it's the equivalent of uh, of whatever traditions that they have in Boston that mm-hmm. only Bostonians would understand from the outside. Right. Like Patriots, and, yeah, and holding up a mirror and be like, "Hey, Patriots this is yeah." Right. What the what? The what? Yeah. Patriots Day is like mid-April. It's like ta- it's like it's around a big tax. Deal. It's no, a, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's, yeah. it's like oh no, no, it's a thing, dude. We were off on medical school on Patriots Day. It was like oh, you're off? oh yeah, yeah, that was like that was like it's a holiday. Yeah, deal. Patriots yeah. Day is a thing. It's like mid-April, uh-huh. so that's a thing. Uh-huh. So Mardi Gras is a thing. But let, let me push back just a little bit, and 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 we can just jump off topic. Uh, uh, but um, the, the in particular, there was an issue in in today's era of je- of where we are trying to become as equal, or we're in, in a Me Too era, in an era of gender and uh, racial and financial equity. Right. When we're looking, you know, this radio station is based on racial, economic, environmental and racial equity. Right. Mm -hmm. A social, economic, environmental and racial equity. That's what this radio station is based on. Right. But this radio station was built post Katrina. Right. And I'm technically I came after Katrina. I was here a couple of weeks before Katrina. But the point is, is that 
when you look at some of these traditions that date 300 years ago, it was a different era. It was a different time and that society has evolved and that the, that, that the position of uh, – there needs to be more parity amongst no, no, gender. So that's, and that's, that's, that, that's a problem. The word saying that there needs to be is a problem. This radio station – nope. This radio station is, is different. This is this radio station. That's whatever crew. That's, that's Rex. That's whatever. That's their tradition and their rules. They don't need – Based on, it, 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 it's an independent group with their own, they don't need to evolve if they choose not to. Now, whether or not we support them is, that's on us. But we can't mandate that someone in, in, in something as, as, as a tradition as old as that, we can't mandate that they do, they, oh, you, you, need to, you need to have more equity. We can try, we can complain, we can say, we can show a mirror, hey, this is what it looks like. But they're free to go like, hey, whatever, we're going to do it this way. And I think the evolution might look like you no longer have one or two or three crews or parades define Mardi Gras. Right. 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 I think the evolution right. is Mardi Gras is this life experience yeah. that allows anyone to plug in. Sure. Look at crew de, crew de, on, their, crew de vous? on their terms. Right. right. I mean, right. well, I mean, let me let me <laughs> let me plug uh, let me plug. <laughs> yeah, you you leaving him hanging, Kevin. You leaving no, him hanging, oh, sorry, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude like, come on, yeah, man. And there's so they, many they, of them. Dude, they don't high five in in, in Boston, <laughs> so they'll leave, they'll leave you hanging. Not even a I see it. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you, Kevin. Yeah, that's um, funny. I, I, I will say just, and also just to plug, kind of the brilliance of 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 of, of Liana, my wife, yeah. right, who started a, a right. Mardi Gras crew before, like people were starting Mardi Gras crews. Like that was like, and so they started the Muffaladas. There was yeah, only two or three yeah. dance troops at that point. And I remember, I'm like, that's who so starts awesome. a Mardi Gras yeah. crew? You know, and, I, and it's funny. It's like yeah. so people say about me starting a radio station. Who starts a radio station? Who, right? who starts a Mardi Gras crew? We I'm do. like, well, Liana yeah. does. And, 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 that's the spirit of New Orleans, right? And and so and, and, we, and, we, and we often say you know. People talk about entrepreneurship as if it's a narrow topic, and I and I often comment on the fact that everyone in New Orleans, in some way, shape, or form, is an entrepreneur. Right. You had to be. If you were here after Katrina, you had a choice: either you stayed and you rebuilt, or you left. And if you stayed and rebuilt, you had to do things differently. If you, you wanted had, to eat, you had you had to think. My, my, I was my, a mower remediator, climbing in people's houses. Air do- I was on this old house. Right? Oh, you were really? Yeah, I literally had to give my stuff away because I didn't want to be the mold doctor. But everyone found. And what, whether you're an you eighty, do? whether you're an eighty-year-old woman or you're a two-lane grad, you know, right out of school, you're going to be thinking and doing things differently because everything had to be rebuilt, and everything had to be done, and it gave people the opportunity to do things differently. Right. If you're tuning in, you are listening to one hundred two point three WHIV. This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Doctor Derry. I'm Doctor Derry. That's Doc Griggs. Today we have uh, Kevin Wilkins, who is the CEO and founder of Trepwise, which is a growth consulting firm that powers organizations to maximize their potential. More information about them can be found at trepwise.com. So, I have a question: What do you find? Do you find any common obstacles or common hurdles uh, that that your your clients all run into? That sometimes they might create that that spirit. Do you find it to be an um, a detriment sometimes? Um, I don't think the spirit's ever a detriment. Good. I think the idea of thinking about the possibilities and and being innovative in terms of their approaches that's always going to benefit. I think individuals, organizations, and the city as a whole. Um, as organizations grow, you know, um, funding is often a challenge. Okay. 
Um, that's changed a lot in New Orleans in the for-profit space. Um, when I first moved here, there were very few local families or individuals were investing in local companies. A, there weren't that many local companies to invest in, and that just wasn't part of the culture. You have this whole angel investing concept, you know, which is groups of individuals pulling together assets to invest into companies. That didn't exist here when I first got here. Now there are several angel networks in the greater New Orleans area. That's incredible. So local people funding local ideas, that's fantastic. That's new, and it shows the maturity of the city of sorts. Nonprofits looking for funding, you know, and how they have to think through their funding challenges, right? Because there's only so much money out there. The New Orleans got flooded after Katrina with a lot of money, but that dried up over time, right? So nonprofits had to think through, how do we do this differently? How do we create earned revenue streams? How do we not rely so heavily on grants? But that, too, seems to be a consistent challenge. Um, hiring, at times, I, we've noticed, is can be a challenge. Making sure that there are enough um, robust middle management mm. positions middle and having those people available to fill them. Uh, that's why all the workforce development work that's going on in the city and so many organizations really focusing on opportunity youth and making sure people are getting the education and then getting into the right areas that they want to focus on um, and having the support systems in order to train people um, in order to get jobs is a big effort here, uh, which is fantastic. Um, but so those are some of the challenges that we see. And, and moving forward, what do you see the what, what do you see as the potential and some of the successes that that we have as a, as a community, as a city, and and as some of the leaders that you've been fortunate enough to to train and and, and consult moving forward? And then also, what are some of the obstacles uh, that uh, that could potentially be problematic that that leaders need to kind of think about uh, uh, to help avoid uh, on their path to success? So we've been we've worked with so many different organizations it would be hard just to name one or two there are some fantastic leaders in this city um, leaders who care not only about their organizations but really care about the community and care about the city you don't often see that as much our life in Boston was really interesting I often said we loved our life in Boston it wasn't necessarily about Boston it's, Boston's a beautiful city and has lots of great benefits to it. But it wasn't as if we sat there and said, we love Boston. We loved our life that we built in Boston. Um, there may be others in the Boston community who would say, no, we love Boston. Right? What's interesting for us, though, personally, we moved to New Orleans. We love New Orleans. My children love New Orleans. Think about uh, that. Right. Youth. My uh. son, who's 22, is about to graduate from Syracuse University, looking for a job in film. Anyone out there? Um, <laughs> doc, doc wants to radio, radio wants yeah, yeah. to <laughs> come back. I mean, he was thinking about LA, he's thinking about New York. But he's talked to a lot of people in the film and entertainment industry in New Orleans. He would love to come home. So, is New Orleans that his home? New Orleans is his home. How about your other two children? My seventeen-year-old and sixteen-year-old. So, Boston is not city. Boston is not. My my middle son's <laughs> applying to colleges soon, and um, he may go to New England for college, um, right, depending but, on where, where his options are. But everything is they, but they every, consider this is home. home. Yeah. Right. And what's interesting is, and the, and the difference, loving your life in Boston versus loving New Orleans right. and being oh, part of New Orleans. Right. Can you what, feel it? You feel it when he says that? Hell yeah. What, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. what a gift that is. <laughs> right, and the yeah. children, and right now, I think there was a generation, my wife
wife was one of them. My wife was the um, the brain drain. You were the brain drain. <laughs> like you, people who leave New Orleans because there's no opportunity. Yeah. Right. And the barrier for us moving home was yeah. there's nothing for us to do. Yeah. So my mother-in-law, who would love to have all her children here, said to my wife, listen, if you want this career, you got to do it in New England. Go to Boston. Have your career and then right. come home later. Right. Um, so people's children, there was nothing for them to do. Yep. Right? Unless you had a family-run business. Um, so the idea now that the children can come home is mm-hmm. new. Right. right. Right? So we need to ensure, you asked about the opportunities and challenges, we need to ensure as a community, as a city, that we are continuing to create those opportunities, those jobs, whether they be in the nonprofit space, the for-profit space, the public space. I think everything LaToya and her administration is doing is fantastic. Yes. Um, so, so, selfish plug. To, to, uh, say again. Selfish plug. What are we working on? Every, we, everything that oh, we're right. working on student I'm just All working commu- on everything that just you're trying to keep the students no. here. Right. So what you're doing, creating jobs. <laughs> and you kids. see like Tulane grads wanna stay. Xavier grads wanna it's, stay. It's amazing. That, it's, and and they and they can. And the difference is many people love this they come to college here and they love New Orleans, but when they begin to do their job search, they realize, oh, I better go back to New York City. The difference now is that they can do a job search and get some really incredible opportunities, being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. What the city needs more of, though, and you have, um, you have other companies moving here providing these opportunities, you need more middle management jobs. So it's great entry-level jobs. If you're fresh out of school and you have an idea, come to New Orleans. You'll get a job and you'll be able to pursue your ideas. If you're 35 or 40 and still kind of in your career yeah. – and you want to move back, maybe not as many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are seeing more people from my wife's generation, my generation, we're the same, um, who had left the city, who have chosen to come back home right now. So that's a whole change. So you, part of what you're talking in, 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 uh, about is now also creating – so it is creating places for people not only to work but also people to live. Yeah, to live, exactly. As well exactly. and creating the infrastructure. And, of course, what we're seeing is a huge, huge boon in my neighborhood, which is in the CBD. And, and, and uh, we're seeing lots, lots and building. lots of building. Yeah. With this expected influx of people to to come back, and and and, uh, and 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 I don't know if that's just a coincidence or if that was expected uh, or not, because I've seen these buildings go up all around me, and I'm wondering who is going to live in all these places. But mm-hmm. listening to you talk, Kevin, There's you're giving me a little bit of hope that there will be bodies to put in that in in those in those places. So now there is hopefully, and hopefully that'll be affordable as well. Now what we need to focus on is getting folks to create those middle management positions That's like correct. that you're talking mm-hmm. about which means these organizations need to continue to grow the nonprofits need to continue to make their impacts um professional development programs need to be created workforce development programs need to be and expanded who who and is that a function of the city i mean is that no, it's a, a responsibility uh, everyone I would, yeah, I would say. I, would, I don't. Th- I would never want to put that burden on the city. I think everyone. I think everyone has a role in the show, right? right? So, um, what the city can do in terms of sparking economic development, help working with their partners in the city, like NOLA BA and the um, and GNO Inc., for example, um, all the great work that they do to try to attract new companies to come here, and whatever the city can do to help incentivize that, um, help the city helping with infrastructure, right? Mm. Um, we had friends from town, from out of town, from um, from New England, visit us over <laughs> oh, Mardi Gras, 
And um, they were like, so t- forget the Mardi Gras. They were like right. driving around the city. So like, right. so talk to me about the city. Like, what's going on with these right. roads? <laughs> right. So I think the focus on infrastructure right. is great. The fact that people can move back here and put their kids in charter schools, that's new, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and the fact that there are some fantastic educational opportunities. Still work needs to be done, let's be clear. Not all charter schools are the same. And of course. Um, all work needs to continue to focus on the education system but a lot stronger than it was when we moved here and a lot stronger than it was before the storm. Right. So um, good opportunities. And is there like one, and, and you don't need to name names, uh, but tell us, you know, we have just a few minutes left. Uh, maybe tell us like a really great success story of, of somebody that you worked with uh, and and uh, and maybe keep the specifics, you know, if, uh, uh, but I would love to hear about yeah, like. There are so many good success right, stories. I mean, but you, just, see, you see, or um, just maybe in the for-profit of, space, I was at Idea Village, fantastic, oh, wow. a fantastic organization, um, and they're hosting a New Orleans Entrepreneur Week partnering with Tulane Freeman School. Right. And that's happening at the end of the March. That's a g- good plug for them because it's a fantastic, a fantastic experience for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was when I first moved here, I started working with Idea Village. Right, and then uh, in, in we just realized met, that Leon and I actually were part of one of your first programmings. Oh, how right? funny! Yeah, yeah. That okay, was, oh, we, that's with the uh, the big pitch. The but the um right the um or was that, I forget what it was called, but yes, it was that was that was you'll remember the I think big I, idea the big, the big idea, idea. I think I you guys were the Liana, big idea Liana created the, brought the, all the clappers oh, awesome. which created that's chaos awesome. in that. <laughs> so I met a gentleman there who had an idea. Literally, I have an idea, but he and his partner were so smart and so motivated and so passionate. But I mean, telling you, they had nothing except an idea. And today that idea, it's a packaged good, and that idea is national, and it continues to grow, and they're doing tens of millions, and it's just really exciting to see I have an idea to nine years later seeing where they are right now. Right. And there are lots of examples like that in the city right now. um, So we – You you, said something. Nonprofits, what? Go ahead. Wait, nonprofit. What you are doing? Oh, no. And, no, no. I'm serious. <laughs> the the Doc Griggs Foundation, and you. And when you came to us over, you had the foundation, but you were thinking through it the was, potential. Didn't know. And you had this fantastic. <laughs> you had this fantastic platform. Talk about peeing on a snake's foot. <laughs> right. um, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, so I, you see that progress is so much in, in such little time. What you're doing, WHIV, and this whole platform. I mean, that progress is incredible just to, to be able to watch it right. over the last six months. Right. I, I will say when we did the the big idea and uh, that night somehow when we were packing up and everything, we ended up with uh, – um, and it was accidentally packed up, but we now have it. Leon and I have it in in our in our house because we didn't return it. It was a kind of a sign that said, trust your crazy <laughs> ideas. Trust your crazy ideas. We, we, was that what you? happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was that yours or it was Idea Village? It's it not mine. But trust, <laughs> trust, your, trust your crazy idea. Just don't trust me because I'm gonna steal your sign. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, like I said, yeah, it, was, okay. it accidentally. Found See what its way. what had happened was <laughs> it accidentally found its way into yeah, our yeah. Um, But uh, the work uh, that the work that Gnoff is doing, Greater New Orleans Foundation, is just fantastic and really uh, focusing on uh, Stemnola is doing is incredible. <laughs> the Junior League of New Orleans has. Right. Reimagine themselves in terms of the impact that they're having in the city. Fantastic organizations, right? So lots of lots of amazing growth potential that's happening in There's the city. One common factor in all those, you hear those. Eh? 
When, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I was I was just about to go. Thank you. And Same sometimes brain. we have a very yeah, similar. Yeah. I like to think mine is the organized part and his is the chaotic part, but it is, it is yeah. the same brain. That's what the snake told um, me. <laughs> um, uh, that all, all of these uh, great uh, growth potentials are are uh, happening, and uh, Kevin Wilkins, who is the CEO and founder of Trepwise, which is a growth consulting firm that powers organizations to maximize their potential. More information f- about Trepwise can be found at trepwise.com. But a lot of these organizations that Kevin just named right now have all passed through Kevin's uh, purview, and uh, and a large part of the growth and success of this community. I and I don't think that I'm being. Um, I, 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 I think that I'm, I'm being honest and sincere here, but I think, or uh, I think that has largely been as a result of your expertise that, that you have has. brought, can, this side that you have brought really to this community. And I don't think that we're being time. hyperbolic at, <laughs> no, all, no, no, at all by saying that. We waited until the very end. We waited until the end to say it. We did. We did. You said the best for last. I appreciate it. But I think that. I can't tell you how much I appreciate can, If I can, we're really, we can't even put into words how much we appreciate uh, your, and we you know, you know and, and you. Greg's I really and I who talk that. regularly through yeah. the week uh, and very often will oftentimes uh, uh, talk about you and talk about the things that we are talking about in the context of how we either learn that from you or utilizing a model that you have given us to think about things mm-hmm. uh, as well and I know that's just Griggs and I and we're a very 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 small part of a larger cog that is this community when you look at some of the large organizations that you you talk about uh it's been some amazing growth that has happened in this city and i think that again i'm I'm not being hyperbolic to think that that your input and the work that you've done has made our 